the Edmonton Football Club, as they were known, uh, announced that the new name of the team is Elks. The Edmonton Elks. Gotta say, a mixed reaction on the text line. Personally, I don't mind it. I like the name Elks. I think it's kind of cool. Um, a lot of you pointing out that, you know, elks are eaten by tiger cats and lions. And yeah, I, I know, I know, but they're, they're a noble creature. They're big, got the horns, right? Elks. And before you get in carried away with the elk versus elks, the plural of elk is elk. Yeah, but they've apparently consulted with the dictionary people and linguistics professors and said, no, 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 elks is okay. Elks is fine. So we can put that to rest. Um, we can chat about that, how you feel about the new name. What's it going to mean for the Battle of Alberta, the Labor Day Classic? Stampeders versus Elks. Same thing, right? Green and gold, red and white. Away we go. Um, what does it mean in terms of marketing, though? Let's get some insight into what's going on in the world of sport around this pandemic and this name change. There's so many things going on. So to chat about that, we now have uh, Dr. Brian Sebing, who is an associate professor in the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport and Recreation at the University of Alberta. Uh, doctor, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate your time. All right, Shay, good to be with you. Yeah, so many different things going on. Let's deal with uh, the most recent first, and that, of course, is the name change of the Edmonton Football Club, now being called the Elks. You don't see uh, professional sports franchises change their name all that often. I would think this would be a pretty good marketing opportunity, right? A chance to rebrand? I I agree with you, and I think uh, listening a bit in terms of what you had on in the previous hour with all the interviews, um, I think they touched upon a couple of those things, being not only tapping into early parts of history with, with, with the Elks, but also talking about it being a new chapter and a bit about rebirth, particularly uh, coming off of the uh, lost season due to the pandemic. So I think you... Um, from a marketing standpoint, you have an opportunity to really uh, launch this new name um, as you, as we hopefully uh, move out or start to move out of the pan- pandemic uh, that we've been in over the last 15, 16 months. Yeah, and Doc, you make uh, you make a great point, right? I mean, we know the CFL is so dependent, more than probably any other pro sports league that we pay attention to in North America, on having fans in the stands. That is sort of essential to their business model. So you're right. Not only do they have the fact that the CFL is expected to return this summer, but they have this added little boost with the name change and the new merch and all the rest of that stuff. It's it's a good time to sort of get swept up in a little momentum, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not only when you start talking about that, there's there's two big points. Like you like you mentioned first, I mean I mean, unlike, you know, we can compare it to the NHL, um, the fans are much more crucial as it relates to finances and revenues uh, for all teams throughout the, uh, throughout the, the league. On top of that, um, you, know, when, you know, when we start thinking about the NHL or the NFL or Major League Baseball, I mean, yes, they have lost revenue from their previous seasons within the bubble and, and with minimum attendance. But when, you know, as those come back to full capacity, I mean those those revenue taps really come really come forward for them, and that's uh, I would say a big difference between what you see you know from those big four sports leagues compared to the CFL or even Major League Soccer and things like that. Yeah. So that would be on the one side, and then and then like you said, on top of that, not only are you seeing um, from a missed season, but you also got new coaching staff for for the Elks yeah. as well as some new in the front office. So you have all this all this change in 
and newness coming together. And 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 they're really talented marketers over at the over at the Elks too. They're going to find a way to really p- bring that all together. So exciting signs for the CFL. Hey, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned the NHL. Okay, we've got Toronto and Winnipeg now, or Montreal and Winnipeg. Oh, that's <laughs> Montreal and Winnipeg into the second round. Um, after this round ends, there is going to be one Canadian team that can no longer mm-hmm. play another Canadian team. Uh, once we get into the third round, one of those Canadian teams, be it Winnipeg or Montreal, is going to have to be competing against an American team. With the way the border is and things, how is that going to work out? What? How can the NHL plan for this? Do you have any idea? Are they in consultation or what's going on? The last thing I heard, and, and certainly I don't have any, I don't have any more inside scoop than what you have. But it would seem, uh, from what I've heard, is that they're in front of the, or they're talking with the federal government, and then probably now that we have our two teams with Montreal and Winnipeg, they'll probably have to also talk to the provincial authorities um, about is there any way to to go back and cross, back and forth across the border. Prior to that sort of discussion, I, from what I was, from what I had read, they could say, "Well, you know, whoever comes out of Montreal and, and Winnipeg will locate you into a city down in the states where you can practice, you can play the games, or mm. you can play your games and 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 things like that." Now, with those two teams, that's probably the two options. And I know the NHL, at least from what we've seen in the public media, has put more pressure on saying we need this date and we need this date to to put pressure on the federal government. But, you know, as we've heard many times, not just within a sport context, but just in a general public health context, you know, COVID knows no boundaries by by any stretch. So, you know, I have no idea what what they're going to do one way or another. My, My guess would be probably relocate them down south, but, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, Doc, that's the thing. Nobody knows. So when you talk about these pro sports leagues, we can get into minor sports in just a minute, but when we deal with pro sports leagues, just trying to plan and just trying to to have some sort of understanding of how things are going to go. It looks like the U.S. has pretty much moved out of it now. I mean, the, the garden was full last night. Uh, most of the hockey buildings are full now. They're moving into the, the post-pandemic phase. But just planning for all of this has been an absolute nightmare for them. Well, it's, I mean, it's tough, right? Things as, you know, it's a novel coronavirus. So as you learn more about it, you know, things, things change for one. Certainly you've got the owners and the commissioners putting, putting pressure on, you know, whatever levels of government, whether it's city, provincial, federal, probably all three about wanting to have fans in the stands and things like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, hard you know that's you know it's it's difficult to plan certainly but you know i think it also puts in the context you know there's much bigger yeah. um things going on rather than just you know can we play a hockey game in front of fans or how many fans can we have or even over the weekend they had the indianapolis 500 right over in the indianapolis yeah, motor speedway thirty-five thousand people mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and th- and that's tough because we w- the other thing about it is that you know, yes, it seems like the the U.S. has has certainly moved or opened up a lot more. But we we also know from some preliminary research looking at the latest NFL season that they were showing spikes in COVID cases in those areas that had stadiums open to fans too. So it's not that it 
it's just because they're opening up, COVID hasn't gone away either. Now, now when we take a look at how it's affected minor sports, I coach minor hockey and, uh, and it was stop and start and shut down. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster. It was horrible. Um, and I know the same thing happened when soccer and baseball tried to start up this spring. It got going for a little while. Some things didn't. The rules were ridiculous. Um, are, do you think for these sports leagues, what are they looking at as they head into this sort of summer? Typically, they don't play during the summer months for the younger kids. Um, maybe, maybe they'll have to change that to try and get a season in. What, what are they talking about doing? You know, I haven't heard much in terms of the, the season. I know, I mean, my my uh, son was looking into, um, and he's a bit, he's probably a bit younger than yours, but he was looking into t-ball or, or soccer and things like that. And, and, you know, I haven't heard much other than, you know, Again, what we what we hear yeah. in the media or what you hear on the on the list, and and like you said, that's tough. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I I mean, the biggest thing is, and, and we and we've heard this a lot. I think, again, from a general public health perspective, is you, you've got you know comfort, but also our public health measures, mass distance, um, you know, being being fully vaccinated, and certainly for ages twelve through twelve and older, that's that they have the opportunity to do that yeah. but less than 12 right you don't you don't they don't have that opportunity and so the you know there's a there's a lot of different challenges and that's in and we've seen this over and over um as it relates to sports and recreation and entertainment all that stuff in that in that uh, industry sector it's it's been a real challenge yeah it's been just a nightmare and hopefully we're done with it i think that's what everybody's saying at this point let's let's just hope this is all behind us so we can get back to, to what we used to do and what we love and you know and sport is a big part of that well, yeah, absolutely, and and I think you again going back to what we were what we were listening to, and over the course of the last hour, you you were you were hearing that a bit, both in terms of the the Elks executives, but also the former players and 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 things like that as well. And I'm sure there's going to be uh, there's probably many people um, hopefully lo- are looking forward to to maybe um, having some CFL football in, in later in the year. Hopefully, yeah, I think they're targeting August for a return, so. That's great news. Uh, Doc, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Anytime. That is Dr. Brian Sebbing, who is a associate professor at the Faculty of Kinesiology, Sport, and Recreation at the University of Alberta.